another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and uh, I'm joined today. Um, uh, right, uh, visual uh, artist uh, who works with immersive media. Um, he's currently um, actually inside a cell right now, uh, fighting through COVID. Um, you can see him neutralizing COVID cells as we speak. Uh, so he's really the hero. He's not the hero we need, but the one we deserve. Um, I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. He made my outro logo last year, uh, the, the yellow neon one, if you remember. So uh, thanks for joining me, Brad Gessler. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a, kind of a crazy semester, but hanging in there. Getting kind of sick of Zoom meetings all day, but... Yeah, well... You've got a lot going on around you right now. I mean, it, it does uh, seem pretty... Um, Tactic. Yeah. Fighting yeah. COVID one stream at a time. You're probably very used to it at this point. Yeah. It gets... Yeah. I don't know. There's just... There is something to... I miss in person. It's just... I know everyone does, but it's just... It's... I don't know. Especially with art, I feel like there's something about being in person and, like, working through an issue versus over a zoom meeting yeah i could really do without the technical issues that's for sure yeah yeah 100 percent. i was just uh, i was doing a podcast last week and we had to reschedule it three times because it was either like i couldn't hear him or he couldn't hear me or his camera wasn't working it was just so like what are you gonna do but it's just yeah. like, oh, if we were in person, we'd just have a camera recording. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's the bane of my existence. Yeah, I bet uh, you're going through yeah. it a lot. Yeah, um, it depends a lot on, like, my guests' end um, and, like, like their connection issues usually. Um, but, I mean, we make it work. And, I mean, the nice thing is that this is now always an option if I do want to interview somebody who's like not within like uh you know uh convenient distance like yeah, one exactly. yeah. comes back in person but yeah man uh it I, I miss I miss just being able to like you know go to shows and see my friends without like any of the health scares like it's uh. That being said, we definitely learned a lot about pathogens this past year. And, uh, you know, uh, all those things that, you know, are being shot down around you right now. I mean, those things are all over the place. Uh, And uh, it makes you really uh, think about the things you're breathing in and shit, you know? Yeah, definitely. Made me, I'm not going to say I was ever like unhygienic before COVID, but it definitely made me like think a lot harder about just weird stuff i can't think of anything off the top of my head but just like actively trying to be more hygienic even though i wasn't it's not like i was licking the ground or anything but well yeah i i think that the big thing for many people is like washing your hands now i almost like kind of like cower when someone like sticks their hand out to like shake my hand i'm like i don't like i i just after covid i i don't think i'll shake hands regularly anymore i'm so happy with just like the fist bump yeah i'm not huge on the elbows just because i feel weird doing it but i get it 
but yeah, yeah. it's just shaking the hand it seems so weird now yeah yeah no i agree with the help for eating why do i need to touch it right yeah like the elbows are uh definitely kind of awkward yeah um now it's like every time like someone sticks their hand out to shake my hand like you know a lot of times i don't want to be rude so like i'll still do it but like like kind of instinctively but then i'll immediately have like an urge to go wash my hands Mm -hmm. so i think that that's kind of the big takeaway a lot of us have uh, just socially um, moving forward is that we got to start washing our hands a ton more. Yeah, which didn't think that was an issue we needed to address in our society. But <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. not have been aware that that was an important thing to be doing. Yeah, also wouldn't be a bad idea. Like if you have a cold and you're out in public, wearing a mask isn't such oh, a bad yeah. idea. I mean, I think I remember when I heard that about um, like Japan and China, because um, obviously everyone knows that they wearing masks was a pretty consistent thing prior to COVID there. But I remember when I heard the reason they do it is if they're feeling ill or under the weather, it's not because they're scared of other people. It's out of like a respect thing to I still need to do stuff, but like I don't want to contaminate other people. And I, when I learned that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's hard to, like, uh, really um, put any of those things into perspective for Americans. But yeah, I, I want to make a habit of doing that um, post-COVID. Just I think that, yeah, um, etiquette and uh, respect of... Uh, cleanliness and hygiene and stuff like we're having conversations about that at least which is good yeah um yeah man um so i guess to start uh brad how are you how was your day today <laughs> like what did uh, you do today so far i have not done anything today i was hanging out with friends till in the wee mornings of the hour last night so i slept <laughs> in because i gotta work all day after this man um well, I appreciate you making time for me today. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful day. I do I do highly recommend if you haven't stepped outside, do yeah. so. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be the in-between. I've got some time in-between. I'm going to probably go for a walk or something, enjoy it. But no, I'm where, do you, uh, where do you live? Um, over on the east side near between like Brady and uh, Water. Oh, you're know. not far actually from me. No, yeah. You're right over the bridge. I'm in River West, like, okay. by, I'm between Pick and Save and Reservoir Park, kind of. Uh-huh, yeah, um, a few buddies that live over there. Yeah, right off of North Ave on Wheel. Um, so, yeah, uh, you're a, a, a hop, skip, and a jump away, yeah, yeah. Ed. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're over by uh, Eagle Park Brewing. Uh, a little farther towards water, but yeah, around that area. If, right. You know where the Victor's bar is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right near there. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's sort of where it sort of meets downtown a little bit. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Oh, well. Brad, what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so, uh, as mentioned before, we, we've been connected on social media. Uh, you so kindly... Uh, made me a logo um 
Well, it was dope. Is like I didn't even ask for it. You were just like, "Hey, man, I thought this was pretty cool," and you sent me this neon logo with Mr. Nice Guy on it, and I was like, "Man, this is sick. This is like, you know, like just making me think about all the other ideas I could have the brand, the logo, like in a in different aesthetics and whatnot." Um. So yeah, it opened a big door for me. I don't think you realize that but it did not but that's cool to know I, yeah I just, well as i'm sure you feel the same but like i think as artists it's important to support other artists and especially if it's me spending a couple hours making a neon sign for someone who i think does a dope podcast hey know, thanks man it was fun it it took no time away from what i was doing and it was admittedly very early on in me learning the program so it practice is always good yeah for sure um well i'm glad you could be a part of said podcast yeah finally yeah, <laughs> yeah well that's exactly why like you know i was eager to actually have you on here um uh, just because uh you know you did something uh so generous for me you know i wanted to uh invite you on to just really get to know you and talk about what, what you do. I think the, uh, the immersive computerized like 3d art is really cool. Um, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. First, uh, I'll take it back a little bit. So Brad, uh, where are you originally from? Where'd you grow up? Difficult question. So born in Arizona, hmm. but, didn't live there i think only lived there for like three years most of my life lived in appleton wisconsin so just a couple hours north gotcha dope yeah okay um when you were a kid like when you were younger like were you much of like a a a drawer like were you much of an artist from a young age always tried all the arts i've always been artistically minded um i would admittedly am not a good drawer i stick figures are yeah. pretty average for me yeah but, same <laughs> um thankfully fairly early on in high school i got into graphic design so like illustrator and photoshop and stuff and that was something that did kind of click for me and the digital aspect of or digital arts kind of made a lot more sense to me and then so that was a cool thing to like realized fairly early that that's the lane that I wanted to be in art wise and I've done like ceramics and jewelry smithing and a wide variety of different arts it's just and I'm sure any artist can agree it's just like so you find where you fit in you find the medium that you are doing Mm -hmm. the best work in you just fall into it yeah yeah oh yeah I the digital world is where I felt most comfortable and then I was obviously made the jump from the illustrator photoshop into the 3d stuff and felt even more comfortable which is why I've stayed here instead of going back so it's 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 a fun thing when you find that niche spot and you're like you get excited and especially as someone who's done a wide variety of different mediums and like I wouldn't say I ever really made anything that was terrible, but nothing was ever just like outstanding or like, wow. So it was just, it was cool to finally get into a medium that was like, I felt confident and I was like, not to boast, but putting out dope stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's 
great to like recognize that what you're doing is dope, you know, because yeah. at that point it's like, you know, you've, you've earned the right to flex a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel, I mean, I feel similarly, like I kind of found my niche in music journalism from, you know, like uh, doing studying journalism at UWM and finding that like, this is, because like I'm a big music guy, I love music. It's a huge part of my life, and so that's kind of what I want to use my skill sets for. And and also still retaining some of the broadcast aspect that like I originally like clung on to. Using that in this podcast, you know, I feel like has been pretty dope. And even though I don't think I'm actually that good of a podcaster, but I'm. I feel like I'm a good interviewer and I'm a good conversationalist. Like, I feel like uh, I know myself well enough given like how I knew I used to be, like how I had a lot to learn and how far I've come. Like you definitely like um, recognize that like you finally uh, like know what you're doing, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And that was one thing, at least knowing you a little bit outside and before this um and even before you started the podcast you were always just so able to talk to anybody and have good conversation that it made so much sense for you to do this podcast and i i haven't said i won't say i watch every episode but i've watched a fair amount and i enjoy it thanks dude especially artists there's not there's a good amount but locals like smaller artist podcasts are not something that are at least that I come across very often. So, and again, I always love supporting artists in any medium. So appreciate that. dude. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell me a little bit about like um, coming down here to UWM and like being in, like, I'm assuming you're, you're in Peck school of the arts. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. What did you, uh, what have been your takeaways from like the program and, uh, just like how you've kind of, you know, leaned into uh, which, what, what, what you found yourself in. Yeah. So, um, originally wasn't even really planning to go to UWM. Um, was planning to go to just a two-year tech school in my local home in Appleton, um, and then the major I was planning to go there for got canceled the semester before I graduated high school so I was just like fuck fuck I don't know what to do high school's about to end my best friend who was a year older than me had ended up going to UWM so I was like yeah I'll apply see what happens ended up getting in so that's what brought me down here and have not looked back I'm can't say I dislike Appleton but not the biggest fan and I really enjoy Milwaukee Um, hometown shit you know yeah and big cities are always i've always just liked big cities more there's Um, good opportunity here yeah uh but then as far as like falling into my major my the first semester i had a uh so when i first came to uwm i was in the their graphic design major which is called uh design and visual communications but i mean it's just graphic design and the first semester my like first graphics class the uh teaching assistant was basically just like yeah that major sucks you should do this major instead um which is what i'm currently in which is digital studio practice so 
DSP. Yeah, so you basically just get to pick what you're doing digitally, but it's focused digitally, and you still are able to gain all the same knowledge based on like program wise. It's just the DVC program is teaches people how to design for a customer where the DSP program is more geared towards focusing on your personal art. Um, So the teaching assistant had told me that my first semester and it stressed me out. And I was like, Oh, I'm already in the wrong major. I need to (laughs) switch. I'm backed up now but ended up switching and I haven't even considered switching to anything else since, especially because the cool part about the DSP major is you're not forced, but it's a requirement of the major to have a cross disciplinary. So a little more than a certificate, a little less than a minor. Um, But my cross disciplinary is in um, digital fabrication. So like 3d printing, CNC, laser cutting, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's fun to, have that duality of being digital or being a digital artist but also focusing on the ways i can output my digital art into the real world so that's cool um yeah i can i can definitely see like the uh distinction of like are you trying to like enter you know the corporate world and like answer to others like is that more your wheelhouse or you want the tools to be your own boss and uh it sounds like um it just suited your uh just personal like creative control yeah my big thing was if i'm gonna be learning the like so illustrator and photoshop are the main graphic design tools and it's not something i've ever stopped learning about um so my opinion was if i'm still learning the same programs and it's just i'm still i'm focused on making my art versus focused on learning how to make art for other people i figure even if i don't am not successful as an artist selling my art i still have all that knowledge that i could easily go back into corporate and work for a graphic design firm or whatever and it's not that i won't be any less skilled it's just yeah while i'm in school i'm able to focus on what i want to focus on which is pleasing to me i i hear you i'm big on that too um that's i mean i've gone the diy route with uh my music journalism uh as to this point you know so and honestly at this point it's like if you kind of like work your way into your own um just what you what you can draw and like what you can um just who you can reach just from like, you know, doing something DIY, then that's, I mean, it's a lot of work, but it doesn't always feel like, it's not like it's a chore, you know, like I get to write about stuff that I enjoy and that I'm passionate about, put out my ideas and the way things make me feel in ways that could connect with other people and also platforming artists, uh, you know, while doing it. And that's a that's a win you know i'd r- much rather do that than like you know work at like a big station where i basically get an assignment of the day and then i have to go chase after it whether it's interesting or not you know yeah. and my big thing is and i don't know if you agree with this but i feel like any creative that has the motivation to make their own things 
should give themselves at least the opportunity to try and be successful on their own. Yeah. Um, especially because that corporate job is always going to be there. Like you only have, like you only have a certain amount of time in your life. Like I feel like you have to strike early when you're going to like try and be that DIY, yeah. do, be your own boss. And I, f- I don't know. I've always felt like I have to give myself the opportunity to try and be successful with my art. And if it doesn't pan out, yeah, I'll go get a corporate job. And yeah. that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. But I want to yeah. give myself the chance. And I, I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't. And I think most creatives, I think, at least feel that some form of that. Where they're like, I want to try and make it doing whatever I want to do and being my own boss. But, totally. Yeah. I agree. I've always had a healthy exception that it's not unreasonable, but it's not it's a long not a long shot because that sounds shitty but like it's not the easiest career path to take but oh no not at all like any liberal arts you know stuff that's just very um you know selective and competitive to like find um like you, you you have like no guarantee of like you know you're gonna have a job waiting for you on the other side. And I had to learn that the hard way. Like I thought it was going to be pretty easy to figure out, but you know, months went by after I graduated and it just, it's pretty dead, you know, like yeah. it was pretty bland. So I kind of had to figure it out. Like, like I really, my big priority for a while was just meeting people and just trying to like see what's out here before and then take the inspiration from what I get from that into like, oh, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And like, I totally agree. Like, yes, if you have the means and the discipline and the motivation, the ambition, all of those things to make yourself successful, like, you know, independently, then that's beautiful. And that's, that's awesome. And you know, it, it kind of depends on um, all of those factors to determine, like, you know, how you work best and, like, what, how you best operate. And for some people, that is the, the very, like, regimented structure of, like, a nine to five. And some people thrive in, in that, like, standardized so that, like, they, they know what they're doing, like, off, like, right off the bat. Whereas when you're independently, you have to kind of figure it all out for yourself. And like, for some people, like, that's totally like, okay to do that corporate yeah. shit. And like, that's what that works better for them. Maybe they'll, maybe that's what they'll do for a while. And then later on, they'll try to do it on their own. But they've built their portfolio to get to that point. Yeah, they want so- the security first. And I all the more power to them. I, I respect that. Honestly, I have no ill will towards what anyone decides to do with their life. It's not my life. So I truly don't care. I mean, I have friends that like high school friends that I think will probably grow up, live and die in my hometown. It's like all the more power to you. If that's what makes you happy and that's what you want to do. That's great. Me personally, not for me. So I view that the same as like, if you want to go into the corporate world and that's where you feel comfortable and that's what makes you happy golden i want to try not yeah i I, I actively want to try and not be in the corporate world but yeah again i don't i want to make i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not gonna uh have any um contempt towards anyone who enters the corporate world i've 
all my contempt is saved for the corporation itself and the executives and the people exploiting their workers. That's what I'm more uh, pissed about, yeah. Yeah. but that's for another conversation. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you, I guess like, what were your, what was sort of your introduction and your um, inception into like really getting, getting into the 3d stuff? Yeah, so I took a class my sophomore year of college that was a digital fabrication class. So we used a very, like, engineering modeling to be produced designed program called Rhino. Um, Couldn't really do, like, the, the fancy textures or materials that I'm doing now. Like, I couldn't have made that neon sign in that in the first program I did. But from that class and just like getting super into rhino and 3d modeling and like being really excited about it i just i got hooked and then i got i took a class that taught me the program i'm in now and that was just like pulling the line on the fish it's just like the bait was in and just like they caught it so it was just and i've always it just felt more fun it felt more free and there was a lot more opportunity or yeah opportunity but also just like abilities to go because I feel like with like Adobe or like Illustrator and Photoshop you're making a 2D image you're either printing it out or you're posting it and with 3D modeling yeah the 2D image is a lot of what is done but like you can take that 3D model and 3D print it and bring it into the real world and you can take a 3d design and laser cut it into metal it's there's a lot more variety of what can be done from 3d i feel like and that was one of the things that really attracted me also just the oversaturation in the graphic design um business area or career field i just there was so many people that were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go into school to be a graphic designer. And I was just like, oh, I, I want to I want to step away. Uh, like, I want to be different and, like, find something that I think I think 3D is going to be the, one of the next big things. Like, 3D artists are already gaining a ton of popularity. Um, not to mention just, like, the capabilities that we have with 3d um one of my favorite examples is uh nasa for example they teach their astronauts how to 3d print because it's infinitely cheaper to send a file of a design thing they need up to the space station and then the astronauts can 3d print that versus having to manufacture whatever that is on earth and fly it up to the space yeah so it's just it's like little weird things like that where it's just like oh 3d imaging and 3d modeling is gonna be in my opinion a very large part of our future so i wanted to be on the cusp of that and it was very intriguing yeah and you get like the fun part of like experimenting and um designing things you think are interesting um which in turn will, like you said, become technological, astronomical, uh, geological, 
like basically every it will become a, a, adapted into like every form of science and advancement um you know as we move into all kinds of like industries will like have some level of adopting this technology um mm-hmm. and implementing it in real time yeah. and it is it is cool to like you know be able to have these tools for both artistic and um and uh practical use yeah definitely i think yeah i think about like there's a lot of like testing going on with like 3d printing buildings and different like large the rendering like the rendering of entire cities and shit like that yeah but like the idea that at some point like have you seen uh meet the robinsons yeah you know when he like first gets into the future and like that platform rolls out and the skyscraper just pops up yeah (laughs) so like i think about someday maybe that's a bit extreme but like being able to just like roll out this like building size 3d printer and it just starts 3d printing a skyscraper and the idea that i could model a skyscraper and then it could not this is a stretch but get printed into like a full size i don't know there's just so many cool like could be's or what ifs that i see in the future of 3d in 3d modeling so i don't know it's very exciting oh yeah dude well uh, yeah it's exciting um it's i'm mesmerized by you know computerized art and uh, um it just feels like you're stepping into a dimension like another dimension uh, a dimension like that you know is just so interactive and uh, very surreal in a lot of ways like i just like this background you have you know like it reminds me of um, just a lot of the VR stuff going on, yeah. you know, where, where like people are playing video games right now that are like, you know, putting a headset on and all of a sudden you're in this, you're in this realm of computerized life fantasy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is the way of the future, man. Yeah. VR, VR is a whole beast that I, I got a VR headset for Christmas and so I've been like dabbling in it but also like trying to be weary of it because I know if I start any like there's a few like really cool VR video games out right now and I'm like oh I know if I start playing one I'm gonna get sucked in I'm gonna start ignoring all my responsibilities I'm gonna get behind in school so I'm just like actively just like oh I just need to use that for if I need it for school right now until summer that's when i'll be able to just like ignore responsibilities and be shitty and play video games all night oh yeah but no vr is a cool aspect i mean one thing i think about especially with my art is like the ability of like making a world in 3d and then having someone have the ability to put a vr headset on and be able to actually step into that that world world and look around it from being within there's just so many cool possibilities to come the vr is like when actual like human interaction steps into this world you made um as like a 3d artist um yeah man one day soon we'll be eating a holographic meatloaf 
They got yeah. SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ready for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it's exciting. So, uh, so yeah, what uh, like what courses are you in right now? Like, what where's kind of your head at with like, um, what you're working on now? Yeah. So, um, I'm a part of the Immersive Media Lab, which is a research team in 3D and VR. Um, so a lot of my focus is towards that. I mean, I'm taking classes to get through. Um, I'm in a digital fabrication class, which is fun. Um, but my main thing would be the research team. And right now my research is into um, creating a vinyl toy. Um, you know, like cause. Um, no, I'm not they're familiar. Like, they're like the um, vinyl characters. They have like the X's on the eyes. They do like the Sesame Street. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, either way. So like vinyl toys are art toys. It's a very um, gaining popularity and, the art world so i thought it would be a, a cool way to bridge the gap between my 3d and my digital fabrication um so that's what i've been focusing on recently um currently in the works of producing my first toy um going interesting but uh it's fun it's definitely a learning curve to say the least just because i've done 3d printing and i've done I'm pulling up your art page. To... Yeah, that uh, the little alien character dude with the orange background is the, my. Actually, I can just. This guy. Yeah, I actually have the 3D print. Damn. That's cool. So you made that just like from modeling it on a computer. Yep, and then. So it was all modeled digitally, and then I sent it to an online 3D printing service um, just because they have higher quality 3D printers than I have access to. Um, and then the eventual plan would be to uh, make molds of it and cast a set amount of figures and make them look Toys. good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. Is, what's it made out of? Um, it's just a, it's a PLA plastic. It's just a, the most common 3d printing. Unfortunately, it's not the cheapest thing to do, especially mm. outsourcing. So I had the, ideally I would have probably gone with a different 3d printing, but it was the difference between a hundred dollars and $300. So Damn. Yeah. especially with something that's just purchased to be like, what makes a mold i was like i don't need it to be 300 dollars. yeah yeah sure plus trying um, to tell that line of starving artist and financially responsible yeah damn so that's exciting well that that plays into uh i'm sure for for some uh adventurous uh 3d artists that plays into like the business side of like how this can become lucrative for you and like how you can put your ideas into application of like, Hey, I can make toys for kids or Hey, yeah. I can uh, make tools for people or some shit like that. You know, like it's a, uh, I'm just seeing how, yeah, like all the possibilities just start firing up. Yeah. Especially with it being like both halves of my major it's what like i 
it's not like I'm just a 3D artist that like knows about the ability to 3D print or I'm just a 3D printer that doesn't really know how to 3D model or anything. Having that duality of like an understanding of both, it's like, oh, well, I can make this to be produced in the real world and still and produce it myself and have the knowledge to do that. I don't know, it's it's definitely changed a lot of how I view 3D and like having an understanding of things that like some things I'm like the neon sign for example that was made purely to be live online digitally um I mean could be 3D printed I guess but would be wouldn't be neon or anything maybe be, one day yeah one it would day. just it would just be it would just be a plastic tube that's like I'd hang that shit out, which wouldn't would still be super cool but, I'd hang that shit up I would yeah <laughs> um but like this toy, for example, it was I was designing it in the mind with the mindset of getting it 3D printed. So there's some like different things you have to take into consideration and um, like thicknesses of stuff. And same with like Illustrator, if you've ever done any Illustrator, like just because you hid something behind it and it looks good in the final product, it might look really weird underneath the hood. So like making sure that underneath the hood of the 3d model looked just as fine and was able to be 3d printed as what it looked like from the surface yeah but it's definitely been a learning curve and i severely underestimated how difficult character design is i thought i I don't know why i just thought it was going to be so much easier and it is immensely difficult so Mm -hmm. now it's just given me this whole new appreciation of like every tv show or movie with an animated character that i watch just someone had to like come up with that and do all the work and like especially with like um like the visual effects so like i just watched the Zack snyder's justice league cut and so like um oh what's that dude's name i don't know it's some the bad guy in that like the that hit that dude was 3d modeled and just like with the knowledge of character design like watching that and be like damn that must have taken so long to do like it's just it was so in-depth and like the little minuscule detail it was very intricate yeah it's crazy so it gave me a definite respect for character designers Uh, man that's so cool dude it's I do, yeah, like, I do think, like, that sort of neon art is really cool, both both 2D and 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm interested in, like, just kind of on a personal note, like, just what are some, uh, I don't know, do you have, like, certain kinds of, like, themes or imagery or, like, genres or aesthetics, like, that particularly like inspire you and like the kind of art you like to make like the the uh figures and the so i would say a lot of my in uh, inspiration is from like sci-fi um definitely a big like space aliens yeah stuff like that yeah i don't know that's what i like um i don't know i'm pretty open to my imagery it i do tend to like colorful stuff um but i I admittedly have had a wide variety of like 
what I like to create. It's not, I, I bounce I will, between a lot of stuff. I will tell you that one of the things I really like that you made, well, you, I, I like a lot of the things you made, but I mean, these, these hands that you made, yeah. like those are really cool. Like I like that is a lot of intricate um, figuring, like whatever those are, it looks like a, um, it looks like the material that you make like baskets out of. Yeah. So that piece specifically is fun because that is really um, showing of like what underneath the hood of a 3D model is. So a 3D model is essentially just a bunch of square planes that form the 3D model. So with that, that's all the, it's like, it's called the wireframe. So it's the wireframe okay. of that hand model. So it just like, it shows you exactly like each individual square of like how that hand is modeled and produced. Sure. What about this one? I really like this too. Uh, yeah. So that was the other inspiration I was going to have is um, I'm very inspired by like geology and minerals and that kind of stuff. I've done a few things with um, some minerals and so that my favorite mineral is bismuth. If you are familiar with it. Okay. Um, I've just, I've always loved the idea of um, something in nature being fairly or having fairly straight lines. Um, so that was my artistic rendering of bismuth because nice. a i realized that bismuth is would be insanely complicated to 3d model um it's just it's a crazy mineral so i was just like well let me boil down like the characteristics i see in it and then i'll just do my version of it but yeah so and i'd say this one too uh, i like this one a lot as well. Yeah, that was inspired. I think I tagged the artist, but there was an artist I followed. Raw and rendered. Yeah, I was. I'm a big fan of his. So it was just. It was like a. I know there's a term for it, but essentially I was just like trying to use his style and like my best attempt at the style or at least the aesthetic he's going for right now. But I'm still very new to the whole 3D modeling and rendering game. To say I'm only like a year in, which sounds like a lot but in retrospect is not that long with the amount of information there is to learn with it yeah well i've i have um two thing two thoughts on that uh the first is like what you're saying about just like recognizing like what goes into like character design like that's important for all of us as like media and entertainment consumers like when we watch you know a show like Jimmy Neutron, for example, <laughs> like, yeah. bro, why is like every character on Jimmy Neutron like so like awkwardly designed? <laughs> like, everyone has like a big ass head. I mean, Jimmy obviously has like the biggest yeah. head, but like all the characters are just so like nuanced and look so like unique. Um, stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean. It was probably very fun to design those characters, but it probably was a lot of long days and. Uh, oh yeah, long days, minuscule adjustments. Of, yeah, oh, this needs to go a little bit in or a little. Very exact, yeah, yeah, very executive application. Yeah, um, it's a lengthy process to say the least. I think I, I think I modeled the head for this dude five times, and yeah. all of them look different. 
there was not a single one that looked the same and i was just like oh fuck right it was like ideas that i thought would look cool that i couldn't get to look right and i was like all right we'll scrap that idea let's try something else and yeah it's a process it's not yeah it's not just like uh oh you thought of this character and it works immediately like no sometimes it's like yeah you have no concept you might have like a very rough idea but it's not until it's right in front of you when you're actually like manipulating the tools where you start thinking like oh this works with this like oh that you know that doesn't look the way I thought it would. So I'm going to play around with this instead. Like, I think that a good tool just to, you know, this is just something I think about, but I used to play the Sims a lot when I was younger, or I also used to play like a lot of those, like, you know, sandbox tycoon games, like roller coaster tycoon or zoo tycoon, you know, and yeah. it's like stuff like that just builds sort of like, that creative instinct of like oh i want to put this there or i want to like you know move this around because i had an original idea but now i like this one better and uh, those you know come to think of it are some pretty good tools for kids uh to just how they can bring ideas and concepts that they might like have a little understanding about but bring them to life yeah i think that when you saying that reminds me of like i was a very big reorganize my room all the time like i would do it so often so i think about that where it's like you picture you're like oh i think my room could be set up this way let's try it out dude uh, it's powerful man (laughs) yeah there's i don't know there's just something to like going through the process of concept to production and whatever that process looks like whatever medium just like going through it and not just like having the oh that'd be cool and move on like actually trying to do whatever that thought is it's a i think it's a really valuable process for anyone that does it at all or regularly and you're making me want to hop back on reddit and like (laughs) find some cool shit (laughs) yeah i um Well, the second thing I was going to say earlier was that one of the coolest things I remember as a kid were, like, do you remember those, like, old screensavers, like, on, like, gateway computers, you know, where it's, like, you, like, don't touch your computer for, like, like, 10 minutes or so, and then it goes into the screensaver of, like, like the maze the tube maze? Yeah, yes, yes, that it was fantastic. Yeah, like, Stuff like that, I used to just want to watch it for hours. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy how something, like, and that's probably, I can't say for certain, but I would assume that was a completely generative process. So I don't think anyone went through and designed each individual maze. I'm sure it was, like, they put in these parameters and it just, the computer did, did that. And yeah. I feel like I could watch that kind of stuff for hours. Just, like, just get lost in it. Oh, totally. But similar similarly applied to you know actually like you know manually crafting renders like that um or you know just virtual interactive shit i mean it's it's cool man um that being said uh, my last question here is just kind of like what are immediate goals um for like the next year i know you're finishing school um, but yeah, like, what are some of your goals specifically with 
um, the immersive media and that kind of stuff in general. Yeah. So obviously yeah, finishing school is top priority. I'm ready to be done. <laughs> um, but with, with this vinyl toy specifically, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out where I want to land as far as art that I'm producing, um, how I want to try and be successful as an artist. And I've never been tied to only doing one medium. So like if I'm making, or if, when I make and sell these toys, I'm not going to, like, I would never say, oh, I'm a, I make toys. That's what I do. That is the only art I'll make. But I just, I don't know. I'm trying to, I want to figure out where I want to go with, with my art and try and start making some money with it. That'd be ideal. I've been looking into NFTs. If you've heard anything about those. I've been hearing about that for like the last week and I still don't understand. Like I have still no idea what those are. I can. So my basic understanding so an NFT, it stands for non-fungible token. So it's a cryptocurrency. But so Bitcoin, for example, is a fungible token. So every Bitcoin is exactly the same. A non-fungible token, it's still cryptocurrency, but each token has something specifically tied to it. Um, so with that, it is given digital artists the ability to attach their digital art to that coin and be able to sell it and um, that artwork only ever lives digitally um, because it's definitely been something specifically the digital art world has kind of struggled with is not like just posting it to Instagram and not being able to sell it, but still like having people enjoy it and see your work, but there's never been a good avenue besides like just doing like poster prints or whatever for digital artists to sell their work. Um, so NFTs have been crazy lately. I mean, the guy who designed the background, he, uh, he just sold an NFT for $69 million. Word. Yeah. So it's it's yes. pretty crazy stuff right now. So I mean, seeing that and being like, "Oh, I make digital art. Why why don't I do yeah. this?" Like, I feel like it's a, oh. it could be a very nice passive income of just like essentially like Instagram. If I'm gonna throw something on my Instagram, I'll throw it up as an NFT too. And then even if one person buys it, that's one person more than I I would have purchased if I had just posted it for free on Instagram. Fuck. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy stuff. I am still very um, new to the understanding of it, and I I've never really fully grasped cryptocurrency. To be completely honest, I get it's a thing, but I just I'm very intrigued by the idea of an outlet for digital artists to produce, sell work, and have it remain digital the whole time. And like, so, it's, so it can't be like made physically. I mean, so, and that's where I struggle with the. If you buy the NFT, do you get the file? Do you have like access to like be able to like make a print of it? And like, it's so like this guy, for example, when he sold that thing, he had produced 
like a, it was like a little screen thing that just got he this dude does a new piece every single day and he's been doing it for 13 years just ridiculous amount of time to be doing a new piece of like this caliber every day and so the thing that sold for 69 million was um the last 5000 days so it was sold as an nft but when you purchase it you got this little screen that just like it's like a digital photo frame essentially but i mean that's not that crazy i mean you can get those digital photo frames for like 30 bucks yeah but so the digital aspect is the important part but i did like how he did that where it's like yeah you own it digitally but it's still nice to have some physical thing to look at and see but okay yeah, that's something i am confused about of like if i buy an nft of some 3d rendering do i have access to the file and then can i bring that file to a printer and get a poster printed or do i purely yeah. just have access to it as a digital artwork okay well but i will say with nfts emerging and immersive media growing the thing I see most likely happening is uh, virtual art um, galleries. So oh, yeah. with those virtual art galleries, they will commission owners of various NFT artworks and be like, hey, we'd like to commission this work and pay you essentially for us to show your work in our virtual gallery. And that's where I think it's probably going to go. Um, but also just collecting for collecting's sake i do know somebody who does that virtual gallery shit um this artist in milwaukee she she makes music but she also plays with vr a lot her name's luxy um but she like was curating like a virtual art gallery like in the last like couple of years but uh yeah i mean it's a pretty I'm, cool I, idea to me, especially with VR, the, like VR capabilities too. Like if you're chilling at home and you just put on a VR headset and walk through like like a an art gallery with infinite, like there's no there's no space restrictions. Right. Like, it's not like you're tied to a building that you can only fit so much art. Right. In. Yeah. The building can go on forever. Like there's no end to this building. So the idea of just being able to like walk around and just look at art from the comfort of your home sounds dude actually i have here's here i have a vr like headset thing but i've never used it i got it for a secret santa right. a couple years ago but like i've never actually like used it should, maybe i should start using it yeah with that i mean that obviously that's a very low-tech vr headset but yeah it's made of card um, that would there's a ton of different um just youtube vr videos um and essentially a vr video just has two screens um and that will magnify those two screens but there's like roller coasters and stuff like that which that would be fun and where you're just like it looks like you're in vr but I mean, like, whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. But no, I think VR is a cool new thing too. For sure, uh, there's so much cool new stuff. I know it's hard to just like we're just yeah. kind of scratching the surface here, but uh, 
Yeah, man. Um, well, dude, I appreciate you being on the show to talk about all of it. Uh, about to talk about your <laughs> your immersive media and just how vast not only like the possibilities are, but the potential it has as a you know paving the way of the future and the way we interact with things, the way we use things, the way we uh, envision things. Um, yeah, dude, I, I'm glad we could talk about all of it. And uh, yeah, just great to, it's great to chat with you in general. Yeah, no, I'm glad we finally got to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on our way out, I ask everyone the same two questions. First one is, Brad, what keeps you up at night? Oh, that's a long list of things. I am a uh, very bad overthinker. So my nights tend to end with me overthinking a lot of various different things. Like I'll think about like, like sayings that we use that just like weird me out. I'll think about like interactions with people that I felt uncomfortable. I just, I replay every moment from my entire life. Every we were day. just talking about this on a podcast yesterday, actually. So <laughs> yeah, it is unfortunate, but it's what I deal with. So I, I mean, it, it is what it is. But yeah, it's a lot of like I'm trying to think of an, an example. Oh, okay. So uh, the other night I was thinking about the phrase "bumping uglies." And I just, I think it's such a weird phrase, but I also find it very funny, but I also find it very, um, not respectful because I don't want to refer to someone's genitals as ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like those weird high thoughts, like would be the best description. Yeah. It's just like, I, don't know, I think about a lot of dumb shit sometimes. We all do. Yeah. And a lot of us don't want to talk about it, but we all think about a lot of dumb shit. I definitely do. Yeah. Um, what puts you to sleep, Brad? Um, relaxing jazz music, specifically right now. I've been doing a lot of just like instrumental jazz. I've, I've recently realized that while I like to fall asleep with noise, I if it's like TV or a movie, I will stay up unreasonably late. Like, I unless it's a movie I've seen like a ton of times, I can't just put on a movie and fall asleep to it. Like, if I have never seen it, I'm staying up for that whole movie. So, yeah. No matter what time it is. If I have a TV show on and, I mean, Netflix thankfully has the, I like, people always give Netflix shit about the, are you still watching? But like, when you're late night and you want to fall asleep, but you still want to, I don't know, like, I will stay up till five in the morning, easy, just watching a TV show, just because, I don't know, anything that's just visually, like, stimulating for me will keep me up, yeah. so I've recently tried to just listen to, like, relaxing music, just to, like, still have that audio and, like, noise, because I think it, I feel weird just falling asleep in silence, but not having anything that's visually stimulating is what I've been doing lately. And it's been kind of working, but I can't say my sleep schedule is great. Well, you're a hard worker and you got a lot of ideas. So 
Uh, I, man, I respect you. Uh, I do. Um, the feeling is uh, mutual. <laughs> well, uh, thanks again for being on the show, man. Uh, this was fun. This is really fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a blast. I'm, again, very happy we finally got to do this. I know last time you reached out, I was definitely not in a great headspace, and I very thankful that you were understanding and appreciate that but dude i a lot of us haven't been at one point or another in the last year and that's totally understandable and valid valid in every case so yeah yeah man well for everyone watching uh check out some uh immersive media uh check out some vr for sure but specifically track uh i'll be posting a link to brad's instagram here so you can check out what he's been working on um yeah uh we're paving the uh the uh computerized galleries of the future uh out over here um cool stuff so thanks for watching mr nice guy we will see you next time